The title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is A Passion for Growth. Would you please say that with me? A Passion for Growth. Say it again a bit louder. A Passion for Growth. Father, I yield myself to you today. I make myself available for you to flow through me. I really pray, Lord, that in this year, that we would see growth in a new and amazing way in our lives, that we would move ahead in the things and the purposes of God. Thank you for your anointing as I share your word. Thank you also that the seed of your word will fall on fertile soil and will produce a harvest. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A passion for growth. Last week, I announced our theme for 2022 to you, which is a year of growth and blessing. Say that with me, a year of growth and blessing, and it is based on Psalm 1 verse 3. I'll just turn there, uh, I'll just read it to you, you don't have to turn there. Psalm 1 verse 3 says, he, this is you as the child of God, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Doesn't that sound good? Isn't that a wonderful verse of Scripture? I encourage you to take a hold of that as a promise from the Lord for how your life can be. I encourage you to see the picture. See yourself as that tree planted next to a river of water. See yourself as having a canopy of lush leaves and you are flourishing. See yourself as having lots of fruit on your tree. That is the picture of what God has in mind for you this year. So keep that picture in mind. See yourself as that tree flourishing, growing, and prospering. Now, kind of like an opening statement that I'd like to make right at the beginning here is the following. Christians are people who should keep on growing. Let me say that again. Christians are people who should keep on growing. It's the way it should be. When we are not growing, then we know something is missing in our spiritual walk. We should have a passion for growth. We should be people who keep on making progress in life, and we should not stagnate. You know, often I give examples of my dad's life because my dad was my hero. He served the Lord so faithfully all the years of his life, but I saw in my dad that he kept on progressing in his walk with the Lord to the point where the last day of his life, I would say he was more on fire for God than ever before. That is the way the Christian life should be. We grow to become more and more like Jesus. There is growth, there is progress, but there should be no place for stagnation in our lives. I want to ask you this, if you compare your life to one year ago, have you grown? I trust that you have, but I would equally believe that many people here today, if you're honest, 
and it's in church, you've got to be honest. If you're honest, you would say, no, I actually haven't grown. Well, purpose in your heart that this will be the year that things will be different. Not because of a New Year's resolution, but because you are trusting God in this respect and that you're going to develop a new passion for growth. Now, please turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 9. 2 Peter 1, verse 5 to 9. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. So, in the scripture, I'm directing your attention to one of what I believe is the best passages in the Bible on the subject of Christian growth. And if it is indeed such a good passage on Christian growth, then I believe we should take really good note of it. 2 Peter 1 verse 5 to 9, and this is the Apostle Peter, and he's writing to the church. He says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And now it begins. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. What is moral excellence? That is goodness. And moral excellence with knowledge. Do you see the growing here? And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. Maybe God is going to help you to grow with impatient endurance this year. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. And then verse 8, you'll see I've put it in bold on your screen. The more you grow, please say grow. We're talking a passion for growth. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say, just before I carry on in verse 9, is this. One of the most amazing things in life is to be used by God. To, re to realize in your calling, in your occupation, that you are useful to the master and that you are used by God. Many people are living an unfulfilled life because they haven't truly made themselves available to God to say, God, use me. I want to grow and be available to the master. And it says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But those who fail to develop, maybe we could say those who don't want to grow, <laughs> Those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Here's the thing. If you will keep the reality of the cross of Jesus in your life, that he has cleansed your life, taking you out of darkness and out of destruction into his glorious light. If you live with a reality and a realization of what God has done, it causes you to respond to the promises of God. It causes you to say, God, work even more. This is just the beginning of what you've done. Would you do a whole lot more in my life? I'm ready. I'm hungry. I want to grow. I want to serve you in this year. Now, do you see the sequence of growth here? It's kind of like one step and the next and the next and kind of the foundational element is faith. But there is a sequence of growth. There are steps of growth. Firstly, there is foundational faith. 
And then there are seven characteristics that we should progressively strive for. So onto the faith, there's the moral excellence, and then, and then there's the growing in knowledge and growing in self-control, and then patient endurance and godliness and brotherly affection and love. And in reality, folks, we should be growing in all these areas. Agreed? Are you with me? We should be growing in all these areas. The thing I believe that is important to realize is that you don't grow in one area for three years and then, like for instance, moral excellence. It's not like for three years you grow on that and then you stop and then you move on to knowledge and then you stop five years later and you go on to self-control. As I understand it, we are growing in all these areas at different times. Maybe there's a week of your life where God is talking to you about self-control. You're really working on that. Then next thing, God is talking to you about brotherly affection and forgiving that person and loving them and showing love. And so we're growing in all these areas during the course of our life. And so I think that Peter, the apostle, as he's writing here, essentially he's saying that followers of Jesus Christ should never stop growing. Come on, you should actually be more passionate about that. Followers of Jesus Christ should never stop growing. Not at all. Until you see Jesus face to face, and in that instance, you become like him. And then you know what? You might be finished growing in terms of moral excellence, but for the rest of your life, you're going to then serve God and expand his plans and his purpose throughout all ages. When you get to heaven, it's not just playing a harp. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> and so we need to continue to become more and more like Jesus. This is a life journey, and it never stops. We need to be committed to developing the same characteristics that we see in the nature of God. Because after all, what's happening in this life is that we are training for reigning. We are training to grow into more of who God is in terms of the nature of God. For instance, God is a God of patience. In our lives, as we grow as Christians, we do become more patient without a doubt. We do become more godly. We do become more full of love. Now, point number one that I'd like to share with you, there are six things that I'll touch on this morning. Number one, we need to have an enthusiasm to grow, and it should be contagious. Say this aloud with me, please. We need to have an enthusiasm to grow, and it should be contagious. I was... Um, uh, what came to mind is that a while back, a pastor friend, Pastor Willie Crew, who's one of the pastors that we are accountable as Choose Life Church, he posted a lovely comment on our Facebook page, which he was basically communicating to the church, and he said the following, he said, your willingness to grow is contagious to many, keep on going. Now, we will not boast, rather we give God all the glory, but having said that, it was so encouraging for him as kind of a spiritual father saying that I can see that you guys have a passion to grow. What a beautiful thing that was said and I honor the Lord for that. Let me declare this, that we refuse to stagnate at Choose Life Church. We refuse, we refuse, yes. We wanna seek God with all our hearts 
and the fire and the passion should be contagious. Somebody says, well, how do I grow? One of the most simple ways in which you grow is you seek God. And there's many ways in which you can seek God through praying, reading the word, worshiping God, interceding, spending time with other believers, reading good Christian books, etc. But the fire and the passion should be contagious in your life that people see this is not a dead Christian, this is an alive Christian who is living unto God. The apostle Paul, he was so delighted because he saw in the church at Thessalonica, he saw that these guys had a passion to grow. And I'd like to just read it to you, 2 Thessalonians 1 verse three in the NIV. This is Paul and he's writing to the church. He says this, Paul says, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, and here's the reason, because your faith is growing, please say growing. Your faith is growing more and more, and the love you have for one another is increasing. What a good thing to be said of a local church. May that be said of more churches in this country, South Africa. May this be said of Choose Life Church more often, that this is a church which is growing in faith and the love for one another we are growing in. But it requires that all of us say, God, yes, I wanna grow. I make myself available to you. Now, sadly, some Christians don't want to grow. It's getting very quiet in this church right now. Can you think of somebody that you know, they've truly given their lives to Jesus, but they don't wanna grow, I, I don't understand it. I, I think to myself, well, why? Why would you just wanna stay at the same point that you're at? And it's as though all they want in life is to be comfortable. All they want in life is to get their salary every month and they live a hassle-free life. That's what they're aiming for. It's like there's a silent covenant between them and the devil and they say, devil, I won't bother you and please don't bother me and we'll just mind our own business. No, 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 no. That is not true Christian living. That is not true discipleship. My Bible says that you fight the good fight of faith and so lay hold on eternal life. Some of you listening to me under the sound of my voice right now, you need to get your fight back. Come on, tell the person next to you, get your fight back. You need to get your fight back this year. You are so in a comfort zone and it's time to start to fight again and grow again and move forward again. You need to get your fight back and lay hold on eternal life. And I do realize that there will come a day that we will enjoy the eternal pleasures of God forevermore uh, in, in terms of heaven one day, but that is in heaven and until then, there is a race to run and there is a fight to fight. Can I get an amen? amen. And know this. We are not called to lukewarm living. We are called to be on fire for Jesus Christ. You know, the thing about a fire is you have to keep adding wood. In this year, in your fire walk with God, may I encourage you, you need to keep on adding wood. Maybe the wood can be likened to the word of God. 
And maybe the flames can be likened to the Holy Spirit. And as you add the wood of the Word of God and the flames of the Spirit and God blows upon you, you become a beautiful fire for God. Fire is attractive. The world is looking for people that are on fire for God, not dead Christians. Will you be a child of God that is growing, that is on fire for God? Listen to this statement. I've said it many times before. If you're not growing, you're dying. And here's a question for you, and I ask this in all sincerity. Would you genuinely like to grow in this year? In your heart of hearts, would you genuinely like to grow? Then you need to set your heart on pilgrimage. You say, what is pilgrimage? Well, I'll tell you in a moment's time, but let me give you the scripture. It's Psalm 84 verse five, which says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. And then it says this, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Years ago, I was in Toronto attending a conference there, and some lady was teaching and sharing the scripture. I didn't get it initially. But pilgrimage is a desire to journey with God. It's like the Israelites and they had the cloud of, uh, uh, you know, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and they were journeying with God. And I've realized over the years that my life needs to be one where I journey with God. So may you be a person that you set your heart on pilgrimage in this year, amen? Now point number two. Father God takes pleasure in your growth. Say this with me. Father God takes pleasure in your growth. Please understand that God is not only interested in your growth, but he actually takes great pleasure in your growth. He delights in your growth. That's why it says in John 15 verse eight, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Bearing fruit is growing, child of God. <laughs> and Father delights in it. He is glorified when you're bearing much fruit. He loves to see growth and fruit in your life. And I think of my two sons. Mandri and I are blessed with two lovely young men of God, 21 years of age and 19 years of age. And I've realized that I so love to see them growing growing in God, growing in life, growing in the purposes of God, it brings me such great joy. You know that as well, when you look at your son or your daughter and you see them growing and growing in God, it thrills your heart. And in the same way, Father God, He takes pleasure in your growth. And this year as you're growing, it's gonna be a fragrance unto the Lord, amen? Point number three, People with a passion to grow tend to go places. Say this. People with a passion to grow tend to go places. Do you agree with that? I believe that you can even apply that to the marketplace. You can apply it to the business world. People who are passionate about growth and development, they tend to be promoted. Even in completely secular companies, you might be in a company where there's 150 staff members. I wanna tell you, those that are your managers and supervisors and over you, they are looking and they are saying, is this person growing? Is this person developing? And when they see an enthusiasm and a positive attitude as well, and a desire to grow and develop, 
in all probability, you end up getting promoted. It's just the way it works. Realize that. And I think of Peter, James, and John. So we have the 12 disciples in the Bible, and we know that Peter, James, and John, what were they? They were like this inner circle, inner circle around Jesus. And they were certainly passionate and hungry. They pushed in a little deeper, being in Jesus' inner circle. And as a result, those three disciples experienced more special breakthroughs and opportunities than the other of the 12 disciples. And I'll prove it to you from Scripture. Peter, James, and John, they were included in some very significant moments. One of those moments was where Jesus was called to go and minister to Jairus' daughter. She had died. She was in the room there. So Jesus goes and he goes to Jairus' house and he walks into the room where Jairus' daughter is lying dead and everybody's crying and kicking up a performance. Jesus pushes, or not pushes, he uh, extricates those people. He gets them out of the room, the people who are moaning and crying and do not have faith. And who does he take in with him? Peter, James, and John. Maybe because they'd been growing. Maybe because they had greater faith. And there, right in front of them, they see this young girl raised from the dead because they pushed closer. They were hungry. Another example is Peter, James, and John. They went up on the mountain together with the Lord where he was transfigured before them. And the Bible says that his face shone brighter than the sun. Can you imagine being in that situation right there? And you see the Son of God turned in front of you, transfigured. You see him shining, and you have the privilege of being there. Another example of them being included in something significant is when they went with Jesus deeper into the Garden of Gethsemane. It would appear, as I've read the scripture, that the disciples went into the Garden of Gethsemane, and then Peter, James, and John went a little bit further with Jesus, and then Jesus went a little bit further, almost within earshot of them. And it's also interesting that they were the closest of the disciples to him. And in Gethsemane, Jesus was going through his darkest hour. He was sweating blood. The turmoil was immense. And I would suggest to you, who did he want closest to him? Peter, James, and John. Because they had always come closer to God. I believe that they were included in these moments because of their passion and hunger. And I believe that you will be included in some significant things in God if you will be passionate, hungry, and desire to grow. And quite frankly, with these three disciples, you just couldn't keep them away. <laughs> Especially John. John was the guy who wanted to put his head on Jesus' chest so many times. You couldn't keep them away. Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And when you hunger for growth, when you hunger for more of God, there is a promise. And God says, I'm gonna fill you. And I declare this to you as a promised child of God in this year, as you are hungering for more of God. 
as you desire to grow in a greater way, I believe and declare according to the truth of God's word that you will be filled and you will grow. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Point number four, indicators that you are heading for stagnation. I believe that in growth, talking about a passion for growth, we should also for a moment look at certain symptoms that we need to watch out for. So would you allow me, me to share with you eight indicators of potential stagnation? I'll just go through them quickly. Number one, decreased desire for the things of God. Number two, lack of Bible reading, prayer, and worship. Number three, onset of isolation. And this could also include not assembling yourselves together with other believers. Number four, living for yourself more than God. When you start to live more for yourself, you realize you could be hidden for stagnation. Number five, priorities beginning to slip. Number six, increased materialism. Materialistic things weren't so important to you, but all of a sudden, you found that your heart is getting gripped with a desire for fleshy, material things. Another point, number seven, is lowering of moral standards. Maybe you would only talk in a certain way, but all of a sudden, you find yourself starting to use language which is unbecoming to a believer. It could be a sign that you are heading towards stagnation. And another one, number eight, giving in to sin. You wouldn't normally, but because of where you're at and lack of growth, you suddenly think, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm just gonna pray and ask God to forgive me afterwards. Be careful, be careful. Stagnation, child of God, is not the life we want to live. You and all of us, all of us together, I believe and declare that we want the abundant life that God has for us. We want it, we desire it. And the abundant life is the growing life. Point number five, take responsibility for your personal growth this year. Please say this out loud with me. Take responsibility for your personal growth this year. Now, I'd like to ask, would you make it personal and tell the person next to you that same thing? Come on, tell them that. Take responsibility for your personal growth this year. One of the leaders spoke to me after our leaders meeting on Tuesday night and said something which I found interesting, and it was basically this. It's not so much about trying to grow or aiming to grow, but it is about choosing to grow. Are you making that choice this year? And once you've made that determined choice, then you are on the right track. Now in terms of growing, I wanna tell you, God has given you everything you need in order to live a godly life. Do you know that? The Bible says, the well-known version says that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing that we have to do. The part that we have to play is we have to cultivate and develop into that godliness. We have to grow in that. We have to work out our own salvation. 
And I've realized this, that the characteristics of God that he wants us to grow in, in his nature, he will not force them upon you. God is not gonna force you to be more holy. God's not gonna force you to be more gracious. God's not gonna force his wisdom upon you, but he says to you, child of God, would you just cooperate with me and then I will help bring it about in your life. It's like the potter and uh, the potter's wheel and the clay. You are the clay and you have to allow God to shape you. You have to be flexible and then God works and he brings forth the amazing thing that he wants to be in your life, do in your life. But you have to realize if you're gonna grow, cooperate with God. Say yes to whatever God wants to do in your life. Say, God, you can change me. That's why when we harbor unforgiveness, it's a problem. We are not cooperating with God. But when we say, God, even though that person, man, they did me, they did me in, I feel like you know, breaking their teeth and, and some other adjectives and so on. Even though I feel like doing that, because I love you, I'm gonna forgive them. And then you're cooperating with God and you're growing. Otherwise, you're stuck in your unforgiveness. And growth means real things of obedience in this year that lies ahead. And in order to work with God in growing, we need three things. You might just wanna write this down. Number one, desire. Number two, determination. Number three, discipline. And in all of this working together with God, this is important. Number one, desire, determination, and discipline. Now, let me ask you this question. And it's kind of been touched on already, but I, I, I just wanna ask it directly for the sake of asking it. Here is the question. Who is responsible for your growth? If you were in kids' church, every answer is Jesus. <laughs> Who is responsible for your growth? Is it your spouse? Is it your mentor? Is it your counselor? No. It is you. This is very important to realize that you are responsible for your growth. So if I'm not growing, it's not God's fault, it's my fault because I'm not allowing God to shape me and so I need to allow him to shape me. And yes, ultimately, God is responsible for your growth, ultimately, but we need to cooperate. How many of you by a show of hands say, in this year, I'm gonna cooperate with what God is doing in my life? Raise a hand, wonderful, fantastic. Now, point number six, which is the last one as we draw into a close. Just to recap for a moment, number one, we need to have an enthusiasm to grow and it should be contagious. Two, Father God takes pleasure in your growth. Three, people with a passion to grow tend to go places. Four, was indicators that you're heading for stagnation. Five, take responsibility for your personal growth this year. Now, number six, the more you grow, the more useful you become to the master. Now, say that aloud with me with passion. The more you grow, the more useful you become to the master. And I've said it before, but I'll say it again. One of the greatest things in life is being useful to the master. <laughs> now, just referring back to our text that we started off with, 2 Peter 1, verse 8 and 9, 
Paul says this, the more you grow, please say grow. The more you grow like this, when he's saying growing like this, it's talking about going moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly affection. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. On to verse nine. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Now, I am drawing to a close. Let me mention this uh, statement by a particular theologian. Take note of what he says. He says, there is either advance or decline in the pathway of discipleship. No standing still. Some people think, no, I can stand still. And I'll still be okay, I'm growing. No, no, no. If you're not growing, you're dying. And it goes on to say, failure to persevere in the development of Christian character leads to barrenness, unfruitfulness, blindness, short-sightedness, and forgetfulness. And so I need to tell you, child of God, that it is dangerous to stop growing together with others in the body of Christ. It is really dangerous. It's dangerous to stay in your comfort zone. It's dangerous to stay in survival mode, which you may have been in under the COVID time, and it's time to get out of survival mode and into growth mode. Come on. And you know, besides for the fact that it's dangerous to stay in a comfort zone and so on, also realize that there is blessing and there is safety in moving forward. There is safety in growing. And so my closing statement to you today is in this year, say yes to growth in Jesus and you will be more useful to the master. I wanna say that again. In this year, say yes to growth in Jesus and you will be used of your Father who is in heaven.